Hello, good people. I am back today with another episode of the Storytime Podcast. We are still hanging out with these roses, but I wanted to give a little heads up before this episode just for some context. This episode is solely from Tamara's point of view. In previous episodes, we heard from Wilder first and then we heard from Tamara. But again, this one is only from Tamara's point of view. So now that I now that you are informed, let's go ahead and get into it. I hadn't been sedated in a long time. That's probably why it was hard for me to recognize it when it was happening, but really, that was no excuse. I should know better. I had known better. But now, because I had allowed myself to become lazy and weak, I was waking up in an unfamiliar bed, my head pounding, ears ringing, mouth dry, just a complete mess. And it had started out as such a normal day. Ah, sleeping beauty awakes. My heavy eyelids snapped open wider at the sound of a newly familiar voice, the thorn that had been on my heels all day. I clenched my fists, trying to sit up, only to quickly discover that wouldn't be happening. Not when I was handcuffed to the bed. Now that I was fully awake, I could really take in my surroundings. A full-blown hospital room, but I doubted I was in an actual medical facility. Is this necessary? I asked, licking my dry lips as I finally looked in his direction. He was on the other side of the room, leaning very casually against the table behind him, hands slung into the pockets of his sweats. He had the typical thorn look. The face, the physique. Now that I wasn't exactly on the run anymore, I was caught. I could admit to myself that it was vaguely comforting. Finally, here was something familiar. While I watched, he pulled a tiny key from his pocket, holding it up in front of him. Are you going to attack me if I uncuff you? No, I answered. I'm not stupid. I could kill you, but there's more of you on the other side of the door, right? He lifted an eyebrow at me more operatives. The corner of his mouth curled into a smirk. I don't think Ace would like hearing us referred to that way. Operative has a certain connotation she wants to lean away from. Am I supposed to know this Ace? Not particularly, he answered, pushing off from the table to approach the bed. But you will. She wants to meet you. Meet me for what? He grabbed my wrist, holding it up so he could unlock the cuff. My best guess is she wants to offer you a job. No. I pulled away from him, pure fire in my eyes as I declared. I will never serve another garden. Not willingly. This is different. Trust me. I laughed at that shit. Trust you? I just spent a whole day running from you. You can't possibly be serious. I understand that wasn't really the best first impression, he admitted. And look, I know you underwent the same training I did. We know how to manipulate and lie, how to step into a character. 
But this, this isn't that. She's the real deal. She, he nodded. Ace, Alicia. My eyes went wide. You mean Alicia Peltier? The one who took down the garden? One and the same, he confirmed, taking advantage of my dumbfounded distraction to unlock my cuffs. He didn't have to worry about me attacking him. I was too busy dealing with the duplicity happening in my brain. Alicia's actions, however justified, had completely upended my life. For a long time, I hadn't known where I was going or who I was. Hell, I still didn't. The garden, by design, was a huge part of my identity, and once it was stripped away, we were all left adrift. There was no longer any kind of beacon to call us home, nowhere to be safe from the dangers our forced realities exposed us to. Her personal restitution had left the rest of us broken. But if anybody had the right, it was certainly her. Her discord with the bell roses went deeper than the garden. It was murder and betrayal and torture and abuse and the stripping away of family. And then she was made into a rose. In that, her pain, her rage were pretty unique. So it was hard to find fault with her. Etienne Belrose had broken his own rules where she was concerned, had subverted the code he drilled into us from the first moment we came awake under the garden's tutelage. Truly, that had been his downfall, not simply sticking to his word. That was the thing that woke the latent behemoth in Alicia, that betrayal. Her reprisal would be awe-inspiring if it hadn't ruined my life. Hasn't she done enough? I asked, circling my wrists with my fingers to soothe the sting of the handcuffs as he stepped back. Now she's hunting us down. For what? For nothing. I wasn't out there looking for you. I was there for May, to protect her and her daughter. I huffed. Yeah, great job with that. Real top-notch service. Yeah, he chuckled. Talk your shit. It doesn't bother me. Just know that if it wasn't for your imposition, we would have May and her daughter safely in custody instead of in the wind. Where's Amelia? I asked, suddenly remembering the state she'd been in before I passed out. Did she get medical attention? He nodded. Of course. And she's going to be okay. She had an ear infection that needed to be treated. I'm not sure how much further you two would have been able to take her. Which is probably why May left without her. Ugh. Just the thought of that brought anger rushing back to the surface. May was in on the bombing, I said, as details started coming back to me. Or at the very least, she knew about it. And there was money, a lot of money. She was strapping it to herself, and she was on the phone with someone, with, with Turner, he filled in for me. Our techs have already gone through the phone, pulled anything valuable off. We didn't know about the money, though. Not yet. We do believe the intention was to fake May and Amelia's death, then whisk them off to an island or something out of reach. Our presence, mine and yours, disrupted that. The bombing at the house was botched, so now they're scrambling. I closed my eyes, processing his words and trying to think of anything else I may have picked up on without realizing it at the time. She drugged me before I knew about the money. 
Why, when I was protecting her? She must have realized you wouldn't be down with whatever her plan was from there. She didn't bring the money with her, so it must have been there at the apartment already, waiting. So that apartment was always in the plan. Your presence wasn't. And, I don't know, maybe not Amelia's either. That made my eyes bug open. What? He pushed out a sigh, returning back to his prop position against the table. Lauren, the doctor, said that that little girl had probably been suffering with that ear infection for several days. She was really sick with something that should have been minor to treat, but May didn't. Why? I, I don't know. I don't know why, but she loves that little girl. I've lived basically in their backyard. I know that. And you've been a rose long enough to know that doesn't mean shit. Not when it comes to money or whatever twisted love thing her and Tommy had or have going on. Think about this. Really think about it. She was keeping Amelia home from school, sick, but not seeking treatment for her. The bomb that she knows about shows up at the house and she intended to bring it inside. But we were there. We threw that plan off. She ends up having to bring you to the apartment with her. Not in the plan. So she drugs you. Then I show up again. We're not suspicious of her yet. So while I'm confronting you, she slips out. Without her sick daughter. Why? I blew out a rush of air, unable to deny the very obvious truth in front of me. She never intended for Amelia to be part of the escape either. It was so messed up to say it out loud, but it wasn't particularly far-fetched and not even that surprising. Being in the garden had exposed me to truly the worst kinds of people and a mother willing to harm or even kill a child was pretty in line with what I'd seen. In a way, Amelia was lucky. Do we know where she is? I swung my legs off the bed suddenly finding a patch of clarity to direct my mental energy toward and using it to shake off the last remnants of drug-induced cloudiness. The thorn smirked. I thought you'd never ask. He pushed away from the table, coming toward me with his hand extended as I stood. I'm wilder. I stared for a moment, then accepted the gesture, allowing my hand to be swallowed by his larger one for a brief, firm shake. Tamara. Welcome to the team, Tamara. I'm not part of any team, I denied, pulling my hand away. I'll help find May, but that's all. After that, I'll be on my way. Or, I'll die trying. Whoa. Wilder lifted his hands in defense. That won't be necessary at all. Nobody wants to keep you here against your will. But... There's a community of us trying to channel what we know how to do into something good. Trying to build something that feels like home again. I know you need that too. We all did. If you want to be a part, you're more than welcome. No thanks. I shook my head. I never was one for group projects. He nodded. Understood. But, just so you know, that offer will always stand. Of course it did. It wasn't a new offer, not really, just one I suppressed to the recesses of my mind. When everything first went down, of course I remembered the signal that had been sent up. 
It was what had called me to this part of the country in the first place. But the same paranoia that had kept me alive kept me from heeding the call. What if it was a trap? What if this had all been some big elaborate test, some training ground to prove my loyalty? No matter how unlikely it seemed, it wasn't outside the realm of reality, so I maintained my distance. And now, all this shit had still landed right on top of me. You still need to talk to Alicia, Wilder said, opening the door of the room where we carried out this whole reunion. You think you're up to it, or you need a little longer? I lifted an eyebrow. Well, I'm lucid, if that's what you're asking. A ghost of a smirk played at his lips as he led me down a hallway and opened another door. You might need a bit more than that, but I think you'll be okay. He ushered me into a new room and closed the door, but didn't join me on the other side. It took my eyes a bit to adjust to the different light conditions, but texture and padding of the floor underneath my bare feet was a pretty good clue as to what was about to happen. Put on some gloves. This new voice was a female one, coming from across the room. My head whipped around, searching for the source until she stepped into the light. I didn't have to ask if this was Alicia or not. The answer was quite clear. I couldn't really remember my time before being a Rose, but in the time since, I'd never been afraid of anyone. Watchful, sure. Uncertain of their motives, that too. Aware of their capabilities for violence and evil? Of course. But this woman, with this unbridled rage in her eyes, body very clearly sculpted for strength and agility, obvious hostility stiffening her limbs, all while still somehow maintaining an air of tranquility? This woman raised the fine hairs on my arms. I didn't argue, though. I went to the wall, which was lined with all sorts of training and exercise equipment, and picked out a clean pair of sparring gloves. I was about to kick Alicia's ass. Or, so I thought. From the time I joined her in the middle of the training floor, she didn't say a word. Just easily dodged any blow I aimed at her, all while tagging me in the chest, the shoulders, back, never my face, never my head. I tried to tell myself this was only because I'd been drugged, only because I'd been through the stress of a literal bomb going off, only because I'd survived a fight with a thorn. I'd had so much thrown at me in the last 24 hours that there was nothing balanced about our pairing. That didn't make me feel like any less of a failure though, especially not when she hit me with a jab to the stomach that immediately knocked the wind out of me, sending me straight to the ground. I didn't even bother getting up. I just laid there spread out while she stood over me, fingers spread, and then lowered as she silently counted down. When she put the last finger down, she extended a hand to help me. You're still pretty sharp, she said as I regained my footing. Good. I scoffed. You just completely whooped my ass. Yeah, after you fought Wilder, survived a bombing attempt, and got dosed with ketamine. It's a miracle you're even upright. She turned to walk off and I followed her back to that same wall of supplies. So what was the purpose of this then? Respect, she answered, taking off her gloves. To make sure you deserved it and to show you that I have it. I wouldn't be interested in you if you wouldn't even try to fight. But still, I gave you the respect of not going hard on you in your diminished state. 
If you want to spar again when you're recovered, I'll do that. I shook my head. Not necessary. I make it my business to not seek out fights. She grinned. Smart girl. I wouldn't call it a fight though. Fights are personal. Consider it training. I don't need any more training. I am a mechanic. Alicia pulled in a breath, then nodded. Yes, I heard. Wilder didn't give you a very convincing pitch, I guess. I'm just not interested in what's being sold. Why? Because I know what freedom feels like now. So I'll never go back to bondage. You'll have to kill me first. I feel exactly the same way, Alicia said, lowering herself to a seat on the ground. She motioned for me to join her, but I didn't, which made her smile. See, if I was interested in forcing you to do anything, you'd be on the ground right now. But that's not what this is, not what I'm proposing at all. I just understand the position I put you all in, being shoved into the real world with no transition, not like I had. It wasn't fair to you. And so any of you that cross my path, I try to make it right as much as I can. I huffed and nobody tried to kill you yet. Surprisingly, no. I think the general consensus is that I did what any of us would have done in the situation. Did you know he activated me while I was there in the compound? Tried to make me kill the man I love? I sucked in a breath. No, that part hadn't made it into any of the stories. That activation state was supposed to be fail-safe only, never used against us. I can tell by your reaction that knowing that gives you a better understanding of why this all went down the way it did, she said. And again, this is in no way trying to force anything on you, Tamara. If you tell me to fuck off, we'll leave you alone. If you want no parts of what we're doing here, but want my support or assistance to do something else, I'll help you. I have a rose across the country right now who started her own business and she's falling in love and making friends. She has a full life. But if you're feeling incomplete, restless, like you need a healthy outlet for the things the garden sowed into you, we could use your help here. I stared at her for a moment, then joined her on the floor. And what exactly is here? Private security on the surface, we don't take government contracts. We don't protect criminals. Sometimes our clients are assholes, sure, but without the murdering and trafficking and abuse and anything like that. We use the resources from those clients to intervene in situations where we weren't hired. Relocating somebody before they can be abducted. Disrupting a shipment of children. And in today's case, stopping the attempted murder of a woman and her child. My nostrils flared. Only, that's not really what this was. No, she agreed, a bit of that rage from before returning to her face. It wasn't. Wilder didn't answer when I asked him if we knew where May was. Alicia nodded. That's because he didn't know yet himself. We weren't looking at her as an offender. We thought she was a victim, which is why she was able to slip away. Luckily, Wilder had put that tracker on her jacket, and we don't think she's caught on to it yet. But it's offline right now, meaning she's likely underground somewhere, suppressing the signal. As soon as she's back above ground, though, and she will come back above ground, her ass is mine. 
Yours? I asked, surprised. You're going out yourself? I kind of have a thing about mothers who sacrifice their daughters. I bet she did. That was yet another part of her grievance against the Bell Roses. They'd harbored and aided her stepmother, who orchestrated her father's death and the abduction of her and her sister. Even though her sister was the stepmother's biological child. That fateful night that the garden fell, the stepmother was killed right there in the compound. Who exactly had done the deed never publicly came out. But personally, if it was me, well... Will you help us, May? Alicia asked, pulling me from my thoughts. She needs to be located and most likely prosecuted. I think you could be of assistance with that. I can commit to that. Something close to a smile came to her lips. Good. And we could use your help with Amelia as well. She's still asleep right now, but she's probably going to wake up terrified, wondering where her mother is. It would probably do her a world of good to see a familiar face. That poor little girl. I sighed and nodded again. I can do that too, I said. On that front, anything I can do to help. Good. Alicia pulled herself to her feet and started for the door, knowing I would follow. Let's get to work then. <laughs>